0: Welcome back for another episode of Radical Ones. I'm your host, Xander Schultz. I'm here with my producer, Phineas. Phineas, who are we chatting with today?
1: Today we have Vanessa Rubel, who is many things, but most notably, she co-founded and ran the 2017 Women's March, which I think we all remember. From there, she used that momentum and infrastructure to create March On, which is an organization that does just that. They mobilize huge amounts of people around important issues. Honestly, she's been behind many very well known events that have played a critical role in affecting real change around the country and the world.
0: She's like one of those guests. We've had a few guests on the shows that have like made up jobs. Like you were never in college, and they're like, hey, would you like to major in catalyzing? systemic changing marches across the country right it's just like she found this lane and this expertise in helping organize these marches that you know we learned a lot talking to her but like help a massive amount of people build a greater sense of purpose around a specific issue and then become it's almost like the equivalent of like when you see a band for the first time when you're a teenager and you're like okay now i'm a queen fan or or jay-z fan or whatever the era is right it's like she's creating those moments but around like social justice issues where she's she's creating this on-ramp for people to be like oh now i'm a women's rights advocate that is me that's what i do that's how i organize my community because they have these
1: huge emotional moments in these marches. Yeah. You know, one of my favorite things about what we're able to do on this show is we get to talk to the people who are behind so many of these large scale movements that really shape our daily lives. The Women's March, the Climate March. Who's the person that actually makes this thing happen and, and they're those type of things that you're like you do wonder when you're not in the mix
0: like you know, in these circles you're like how the fuck did this happen like how did four million people or what, what how many people can i think the, the women's march was like a million person march Like a million people came to dc like how did a million people know to show up at this place <laughs> like how, how does this thing happen I, I know it shouldn't be surprising but it happens through a lot of hard work and strategy and you know as we learned during this podcast coalition building Um, So I'm really grateful that we got to spend some time with Vanessa and get behind, you know, the Oz curtain and figure out how these things are orchestrated and, and, you know, what kind of thinking goes into them.
2: So The problem I'm trying to solve is a horrible lack of equity in the United States that leads to suffering of many marginalized people coming from all kinds of different backgrounds. And I think it leads to suffering from the haves as well.
0: You've done um, so much in this space with so many different like that would sound like a wide definition for some, but you actually have worked with so many different verticals in, in alliance with and organizing on behalf of so many different populations. I wonder kind of the beginning of your story, like when did you get introduced to this issue of organizing uh, for marginalized people? And then like, what was the story between that moment and when it started to become your mission in life to to do this work?
2: So I think that it was in my blood from when I was very young. I remember asking my father when I was about six years old, like, why are people poor? You know, and that was a very child mind way of framing inequity. Mm-hmm. And I also grew up going to a school, um, a Quaker school, that really focused on community diversity equity and so forth so not only was it in my i was born into it i was also socialized that way and so everything i've done since you know everything i've done even you know even in high school we were focused on doing um we started earth day at my school you know for example Mm. but everything i've done as a grown-up and we'll put that in quotes has been in some senses Towards creating a better world for more people, you know, when I graduated college, I graduated with a fellowship called the Echoing Green um, Fellowship, and that was focused on reframing narratives of young women and and giving voice to our experience. So, you know, that was that was sort of where I started, and then I I veered off and did a whole bunch of other things. Um, And and was working actually in the cultural space. Um, You know, uh, I ran, I I founded and ran OK Africa, which is at this point probably the largest outlet focused on new African culture. And so, Mm. in that way, I was working on changing the narrative of the U.S.'s relationship to the continent of Africa from one that was. talked about in terms of child soldiers and war and total development speak um i just didn't i I thought that that was going to be counterproductive to um the goals of the various countries to develop so you know my, my answer to that was um let's look at the other parts of what's happening there and um you know the culture that's super relevant you know i was always like a I was always into music. I was always going to concerts. I was always into parties and throwing parties and yada, yada. You know, like I was, um, trying to be
0: cool. <laughs> uh-huh. It's incredible by the way, in this work, how many people are like reformed party organizers? <laughs> like, yeah. There's so many people that like, I, I, I don't know if it's because that energy like allows for a, a little bit of more of like an evergreen, like that, that, that excitement allows for a little bit more evergreen and energy source for this type of work but it's it's incredible like the amount of folks I've come across that that played some sort of role like that and then rechanneled it into uh an impact oriented direction like, the,
2: like i the skills that i learned throwing large scale events in the cultural space are the same skills that i use today when we talk about you know we yesterday we did a big panel with um a lot of you know top organizers in texas and you know the president of the naacp mm-hmm. and you know so you know so on and so forth and the question is how do you get people to know that that's happening and to tune in and that's the same question you have is when you're throwing a concert how do we get people to know that this is happening and how good it's going to be and get them there so there you know there are some skills that translate over
0: without going too deep into this conversation without defining like what that transfer over to is can you talk a little bit about kind of that work like transferring over what you've done in the recent past um and right and, and where you found kind of your lane at this i mean it's funny you, you point out like cultural work and then like you you really one of the top people in the world that sits at the intersection of like cultural work and organizing work. Like, you know, some people are straight organizers. Some people just work on like shifting narratives and you really sit at that intersection, maybe more so than anyone else I know. Um, so can, can you share a little bit about what that work has looked like, you know, in recent years?
2: Um, sure. I mean, uh, I think that what I'm probably best known for is being one of the founders of the Women's March on Washington, the original one that happened in 2017 and obviously very successful we had you know across the country around four million americans in the street um and that definitely was a mix of organizing and culture because we did have um they were large-scale events Mm -hmm. and they were events where you have to engage people and you're also forming a narrative in the media about what you're doing and after the women's march i along with many other people went around and and helped network and pull together a lot of the leaders and organizers of the women's marches across the country because what we wanted to do was take that moment and create political power mm. you know that moment was incredible but what are we going to do with that moment and so we kind of quickly found each other and and launched March On, which is really the the legacy of the Women's March, is this organization that I now run.
0: And you, you've done quite a bit, even though 2017 wasn't that long ago, you all have done quite a bit and been involved in other very notable moments in history.
2: That's right. For example, the climate strikes um, in 2019, where, you know, I think that they're, they were youth led. There were about over 500,000 people in the streets, many of them youth. And we were behind the scenes helping to coordinate and create that coalition and build that um, mobilization.
0: As far as I understand it, not in an in insignificant way, you, you all were essentially the infrastructure or a big piece of the infrastructure of putting that thing together, putting the climate strikes together, correct?
2: That's right. I, I think that we at March On and Fusion Coalition, which is our youth arm, mm-hmm. we always err on the side of lifting up the coalition rather than our own organizations, because we understand how many people it takes and that it's not about us.
0: You mentioned turning the march into political power. I think like when people hear the name march on, or they think of the climate strikes, or they think of, you know, the women's march, maybe they think of that day and the pictures from that day, etc. Like, how do you, what is the actual value of a march? And like, and how do you how do you measure the success of one of these campaigns is a march like a tool in the campaign tool belt that you happen to do really well and like what is its what what's its actual like purpose if utilized in the right way
2: i mean i think that you outlined it in a really nice way or articulated it it is a tool um it is not the end goal um because simply by marching things don't change but by marching you get to connect with other people that care a lot about the issue um you get to meet people to organize with after the march you get to feel like you're not alone in the battle that you're fighting right and you get to in a sense celebrate the path you're on and the unity of so many people um, It it provides motivation and it provides other tactical things like Networking and connecting people
0: and then and then transferring that into political power, what do you mean when you say that? What then happens in the process of this or post this?
2: Well, for example, we and I say we as Democrats, even though you know I know that that's a, a very varied group, and some people buy into it you know in a in a larger, more loyal sense than others, but um, Democrats being the political party that most represents me, you know, we have won the presidency, the house and the Senate. And a lot of that was work that came out of the women's march. You know, the Mm -hmm. women's march was the first act of resistance when Trump got elected and it birthed so many things. Mm -hmm. And all of those so many things contributed in a large way to putting the country back on track.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So that's what I mean by creating political power.
0: What's up next? What's up, what's going on next for March on? What are you oh. like, b- big wins these last few years? What are you most excited about? What's in the pipeline?
2: Oh, I've got secret projects.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> many secrets. Help you too much. I've got secret no.
2: Projects.
0: I guess there is like there is a uh, a tough like for you like lead time for the opposition to organize is probably. Not great. So we can speak, I guess, in a, in a meta version of like what what in general over the next couple of years. Like, how how are you hoping to c- continue this momentum?
2: We need to continue the momentum. Twenty twenty two is tomorrow, and that's really something that we're building towards. And and that's not the only thing we're building towards. Obviously, like we are very um, sort of central to the climate change. Fight. Mm-hmm. So there's stuff going on in the background. There's going to be a lot of um, mass action. It's not going to look like, I don't think, mass mobilization in the same way, although who knows. But there's going to be a real concerted effort on that front. And then there's also like a keeping it up. Like we threw down in Georgia, we put an enormous amount of time, energy, and resources into Georgia. Right. And, you know, lessons learned we we need to keep going and we need to do it in other states so that's something we're leaning into right now like as i said we had a panel and the panel the panel was first what went right in georgia and second what went wrong in florida and third is Texas the new Georgia?
0: If I had to guess the answers to those questions, what went right in Georgia is organizers were funded really really well, especially black and brown organizers. I don't know if that was the full answer, but that was that was an observation Part I had of it. Uh, sure. and, and female organizers uh, especially were also funded really well. What went wrong in Florida is we made assumptions about who was with us and didn't talk to people, especially in Miami. And then is Texas the new Georgia? I would say that's probably right. How would I do?
2: I think that, yes, I mean, I think all of those points are super valid, and I also wouldn't sort of deign to know like i I wouldn't want to reduce uh be reductive about our different panelists perspectives on that, um but I think that right um but I think that absolutely every single person threw down in Georgia, everyone was focused on that, everyone understood how important that was totally. and I think that we got a little help from in that, and in, in the general elections from the Republicans by saying, they were like, we're not going to let you vote. <laughs> you know, they didn't say it in that way, but that's what they said. And right. people were like, watch me, like, watch this. We're going to come vote. And that's what happened.
0: Yeah. If you were kind of advising from afar, uh, a younger person that wants to start doing what you're doing on a smaller scale, it sounded like coalition building. Taking the time to build a coalition uh, and finding those other folks is the one takeaway I'm I'm getting from speaking to you. Is there anything else you would tell that person?
2: Um, that's a good question. I think the other thing I would impress upon them is, you know, there there are always these tussles because we don't have enough resources, and you know, we do. We are human, and we fight over credit and and that sort of thing. But um, you know, and so there's this sense of like listen to the people who have been doing it a long time, but I also think that there's a real role for innovation and creativity. And at least I know mm. I come at from that way. People get numb if you tell them the same things over and over and over again. Like if they if totally. you do the same things, if you do the same tactics over and over again. So how can you keep it fresh? You know how can how can you make it creative and and in, in, and engaging in a different way? So that's the other thing I would suggest. Um, they push towards and also you know Future Coalition is a giant coalition of young people, you know, and young organizations and organizers doing the work. So you know, head on to futurecoalition.org and <laughs> and start there.
0: I think that's why I feel somewhat a license to like innovate in this space is because I'm not trying to innovate around like the work really right like I, I'm, I'm maybe i'm more just building new new messages and new new channels to fund the existing infrastructure so but like that that maybe isn't obvious to everyone it's like where should you kind of go it alone or be innovative and where should you follow others and listen to others that that's at least where i've landed it's like actually in like the nuts and bolts and the and the organizing work and all that i'm very reverential to the people doing that and more i have kind of found my lane as someone who tries to provide slightly different messages to slightly different audiences that maybe those people aren't able to speak directly to
2: i think that there's a role for everyone there is a role for everyone and i think that if we weren't so strapped for resources and so on and so forth everyone would understand there's a role for everyone Mm -hmm. and it's really that that scarcity that creates People saying, no, you have to do it this way. And my way is the best way to do it. I would say that that is, you know, a central problem that we have on the left is we do not have enough resources. And we could have enough resources, but somehow we don't.
0: If you are successful as possible, the next decade, everything crumbles your way. What is true about the world a decade from now?
2: I mean, that's a good point because you have to be able to envision a better world if you're going to fight for it. Mm. And you have to be able to envision something being possible, even if it's actually not possible at that very moment. But if you don't envision it being possible, then you just, you can't even move You're frozen in place and you're like, you're stuck, you know? So first you have to say a different world is possible. And I think the different world that I would like to see would be one in which people have what they need to live fruitful lives in which we have people, everyone has what they need to pursue not only their own dreams, which is sort of like the language of America, but to pursue things that will be even more helpful to the, the community that they live in and helpful to the human race in general. And we're gonna need, I mean, we are facing with climate change right now, we are facing an existential threat. And this is a test of whether or not humans can come together, or if we're going to just seed our own destruction. Can humans figure out a way to come together and build the things they need to build?
0: Um, Last thing we do on this podcast is give the guests the floor. So you can say whatever you like, however you like, it's all yours.
2: Wow. Well, I mean,
0: a lot of power. I,
2: yeah. <laughs> um, giving me the floor means, in some senses, preaching to the choir. So, what does the choir need to know that they don't already know? Mm. And what I I would say, and I said this earlier, is there is a role for everyone. I think right now we don't have the infrastructure to match people you know for what their talents and interests are to how that can be useful in creating a more equitable world um and that may or may not be one of the secret projects i'm working on but um, (laughs) so i would say that's something like you have a role to play and hopefully it'll be easier soon to find a way to plug in and i the other thing i would say is another thing that i said earlier which is you have to be able to envision a better world, a better, you know, whatever it is you're working on, um a better community, a better, you know, you have to be able to envision that and believe it to be true. Even if objectively it may not be true in that moment. You know, I think that that's something that I'm actually good at, which is why I'm saying it is, you know, even if I'm, you know, naive or idealistic or whatever, and to be honest i'm actually like super dystopian in a lot of the time but Mm -hmm. clearly there's something in me that believes that we can or i wouldn't be doing this otherwise i'm wasting literally every second of my life right so i would say that and then if i'm talking to people who have means i would say the most important thing you can do is to fund people like us because Mm. that is going to make the difference between winning it's like super simple everyone needs to throw down even if you can just throw down like you know 50 bucks a month which probably you know a lot of people can a lot of people can and i understand that but if you can throw 50 bucks a month that adds up and that will make us all stronger we need to resource we need to create the network we need to network the network and we need to resource the network <laughs>
0: Thank you for listening to Radical Ones. If you're looking for more content like this, you can head over and be a supporter on our Patreon, patreon.com slash radicalones. You can also follow us on social at Radical Ones Podcast. We're on Twitter and Instagram. I hope this finds you happy, healthy, and safe. Take care.